underway here at 10 o'clock. Thousands flocking to the nation's capital. Students led by those at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, streaming to, for the March for Our Lives movement, calling for stricter gun control. Rallies being held all over the world today. CBS correspondent Jeff Pegas. Not all of those affected by the tragedy in Parkland think this is the best way forward. Perimeter. Andrew Pollock, whose daughter Meadow was killed at Stoneman Douglas, says school security should be the priority. It's great that the kids are out there together and they have a voice. You know, I feel their pain. But if they're going to concentrate on gun control, I, I think they're wasting their time. What we need right now in this country is uh, school safety. Joseph Grande, a student at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, says he lost three friends in the mass shootings that led to today's protests. We feel like we're going to change the world. It's just surreal in a way. Like, literally a month ago, we were just like any other school, and now we're in Washington, D.C. And again, Milwaukee Mayor Tom Barrett praising local organizers Friday. We are undergoing something transformational in this nation. Milwaukee student Marvell Reed says what they want is common sense gun measures. We support the right of law-abiding Americans to keep and bear arms as set forth in the United States Constitution. But with that right comes responsibility. That would include universal background checks, end of sales for high-capacity magazines, and the banning use of assault weapons for civilians. A Dodge County Sheriff's deputy had an unusual chase Thursday evening. The dump truck is not stopping at this time. Deputy Justin Cotney caught up with 34-year-old Theodore Taminga, who was driving drunk in a dump truck with a plow attached. At one point, Taminga dumped gravel onto the road to distract Cotney. We are going to have a hazard, and he is continuing. I'm attempting to get through it. Eventually, the truck ended up in a field in Columbia County, leading to Taminga's arrest. Sheriff Dale Schmidt. We were thankful we were able to get this guy off the road, um, and uh, um, nobody was injured. Taminga is facing his fifth OWI offense, along with fleeing and resisting. Rusty Melberg, WTMJ News. Police in Mexico trying to determine how a family of four from Iowa died in their condo complex. There's no sign of foul play. CBS News correspondent Manuel Bork has... After Kevin and Amy Sharp and their children, 12-year-old Sterling and 7-year-old Adriana, did not return from a week-long vacation in Nakumal, Mexico. Family members went to police in their hometown of Creston, Iowa. They wanted to file a missing persons report since they were supposed to have gone to a basketball game uh, in Indiana and never made it. Chief Paul Vermeer announced their bodies were discovered in the condo in Mexico Friday morning. Mexican officials say they are investigating, with some speculating there could have been a gas leak in the condo. In offering condolences, Mexican tourism officials sought to portray the Sharp family deaths as an isolated incident. A Milwaukee native just one win away from being a part of this year's NCAA Tournament's Final Four. Bruce Weber coaches Kansas State, and brother Ron says he couldn't be prouder of his younger brother. We talked about his teams battling and fighting. That's exactly what Bruce was like his entire life. Kansas State playing Loyola Chicago for a trip to San Antonio later this evening. And over 50 teams of high school students and their robots are at UW-Milwaukee's Panther Arena for the U.S.'s first robotics competition. Teams had to create and code the robots to stack blocks. Sheboygan Falls' Jacob Stroni says it's well worth the effort. Just coming from design to building, to actually coding these robots from scratch is just amazing. It's unlike any other experience in the world. Winners announced today will compete in a world championship. Sports traffic and weather are next. WTMJ News Time 1003. The best severe weather coverage in Wisconsin. Snow is on the way. Rain, snow mix in the morning, changing over to all rain during the day. Wisconsin's radio station, WTMJ. You're gonna love it, you're gonna love it all. When you shop at St. Vincent de Paul. All things new, things here for you. We're always changing, 
Rifters can spot great deals from a mile away. And here the term great deal is an understatement. The lowest prices on men's, women's, and children's clothing. Toys, furniture, housewares, jewelry, and accessories. Bikes, books, games, and more. And every time you're here, you'll find something new. So if you're thrifty, you'll find this place is pretty nifty. St. Vincent de Paul Thrift Stores, Highway 100 in Layton and Greenfield, and 23rd in Lincoln in Milwaukee. Ooh, you're gonna love it, St. Vincent de Paul. From sliding framed, semi-frameless, or frameless glass shower doors, to heavy all-glass custom enclosures that can be built to fit any opening, at Less is Glass, we cover all the bases. But our biggest strength isn't only our selection. It's in our installation experience. We've been around nearly 40 years, and you only last that long if your installers leave the job the way your customers expect it to be left. Other places can sell you a glass shower enclosure, and some of those big guys may even be able to do it for a little cheaper. But the question you need to ask yourself is, will the job be done right? So remember, paying for quality only hurts once, but it does feel good when you get what you expect. This is Stacy Sinks with Less's Glass Service. If it's a new glass shower door, fogged or broken insulated glass replacement, or affordable glass and mirror home decor that you've been looking for, you just can't pass on Less's Glass. Less's Glass Service, serving all of southeastern Wisconsin. Find us at lessglassservice.com. Time for WTMJ Sports Update. Without Giannis Atenacumpo, the Milwaukee Bucks down the Chicago Bulls 118 to 105 Friday night. It snaps the two game skid for the Bucks, who remain in eighth place in the Eastern Conference standings, but just sit three and a half games outside of fourth place. In the NCAA tournament, it's whittled down to the Elite Eight, the lone remaining top seeds, each moving on in Villanova and Kansas. Duke and Texas Tech also advancing. The Elite Eight round continues today or begins today at 5.09. Loyola Chicago battles Kansas State, Florida State, and Michigan have the nightcap. WTMJ, PellaWI.com, Time Saver Traffic. Travel time's running on time this morning. There is a disabled vehicle on the Hone Bridge that's heading southbound, so just be aware of that. Everywhere else is running on time. 94 inbound. Highway 16 to the zoo is 10 minutes. Zoo to downtown, that's the average 7. 45 southbound. Highway Q into the zoo interchange. No delays. A 14-minute ride. Good Hope Road to the zoo. All clear at 10 minutes. 43 inbound from Brown Deer Road to the Marquette Interchange. That's the usual 12-minute trip. And 94 inbound from Layton Avenue to downtown. You're at 7 minutes. All clear. Traffic is sponsored by Brett Ochtenhagen's Seasonal Services. From Lake Michigan to Lake Geneva, Brett Ochtenhagen Seasonal Services is here to help with all your landscaping needs. Call 262-392-3444 or online at seasonalservices.com. The WTMJ 5-Day Forecast today, mainly cloudy and windy, flurry south, a high of 38, gusts up to 35 miles an hour tonight, partly cloudy, still windy, a low of 28. Tomorrow, sunny and cool, a high of 39 near the lake, 44 inland. On Monday, increasing clouds with rain developing later on, a high of 46. Tuesday, rain showers, possible thunder, a high of 57. And on Wednesday, partly cloudy, a high of 51. The barometer is holding steady. The Lake Michigan water temperature is 36 degrees. Right now in Madison, it's 34, 34 degrees in Green Bay. In Waukesha, it's 33. And in Milwaukee, it's 33 degrees. Get breaking news, traffic, and weather right now with the WTMJ mobile app. I'm Tony Badock, News Radio, WTMJ. Money Talk is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex to be considered before becoming a client of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Securities are offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC.
Annex Wealth Management and HBEC are unaffiliated. This program may contain forward-looking statements which may not come true. Please consult with an advisor about your specific situation. Taking the mystery out of investing with answers to your financial questions. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald from Annex Wealth Management. On WTMJ. Morning, everybody. Money Talk is on the air for Saturday, March 24th. My name is Danny Clayton. Good morning, Mark Oswald. Good morning. Good morning, Dave Spano. Nice to see you, Danny. Mark, what did uh, Dave bring you back from uh, Mexico? Because I'm waiting. Well, there's some of these things you don't want. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, welcome back. The WTMJ Retreat to Paradise was a great trip. It sounded like a blast. You love the resort. I love the resort. I love the whole, you know, there was all of this consternation about going there, but I'm telling you, it was absolutely fantastic. Traveling with Rose obviously made it. Everything go great. Yeah, right. um, you know, she when she goes around the, her thing is she looks like a swan. She just goes around the outside of the pool with a cocktail, makes about two trips. Is she on? You mean uh, not in the water? In just, the water? She's, oh, she is. Okay. She's in the water, oh, but she's okay. like a swan. She's paddling okay. like hell underneath the water. But and she Smooth. had about two two trips around, and she gets another cocktail. refill. Yeah. Refill. But I, I don't. I'm not sure that I agree with the term seminar. Because if those are seminars, I put quotes. I put air you quotes. You put air quotes. Yeah, in right I now. did. Because if those are seminars, that is exactly how we're going to do it from now on. Which is, Faze Espano <laughs> right. and Rose Gray sitting at the bar, right, taking questions. Yeah, can, talking was, smart. That was talking seminar, smart. Right. All right. W before we get into the show, and there is a big show today. Um, you do have a um, uh, in it trip to Italy coming up with Fox World Travel as well. And yeah, there's October. only six slots left. Yeah, yeah, which is great. And so we're going to be doing that uh, the last two weeks of October, just six spots left. And uh, I'll be there trying to uh, speak Italian to our, our folks. Loudly but, and slowly. I yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, I use, well, I'm Italian, so I speak with my hands anyways. <laughs> right. I mean, if I sat on my hands, I'd begin to, to mumble. But <laughs> So I, we're good. So there's only six spots left. If people want to join in on that, that'll be great. Um, I'm looking over at Oswald. Will they let you back in? Into Italy? Yeah. Well, they'll let me into Europe, but I'm not sure Italy. I'm a little, uh, little, little on the German. Austrian side. <laughs> yes, you yeah. would think so. <laughs> a little yes. further north, still looking north, for you. north and east. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm not saying he's very Austrian, but he's already sunburned, and yeah, you know, it's just from driving in today. That's right. So, all right, You're guys. Um, this was a heck of a week. Where do we even start? Yeah. Well, there was a lot in, and I think we will start with. The downdraft, which is what we saw, we had you know a bad five days. I think it's the worst five days we've had in about two years. The Dow Jones and the S&P were off uh, about 6% for the week, so that is a lousy week. Tech and financials did not will do well. And you can point to a myriad of, of the reasons why this happened. Uh, for, for sure, the trade policy was a big part of it, particularly on Thursday when we went down 700 points. The whole Facebook fallout, uh, we can talk about that if that was a – a molehill turned into a mountain, and and of course there was the EU slowdown and a Fed meeting. So there was a lot of reasons to look at. If you were a bit cynical and you were a, tech, a technical guy, you'd say all this was was a retest of the January yeah. lows, so we can move forward. You know, I, I, we can talk about all of these things, Danny. The positive part in my in my book is that there's good news on the on the other side of every one of these things. You've got an economy that's doing great. You've got record low unemployment you know here in wisconsin we hit the two handle 2.9 percent uh you know around the country we're, we're we're getting into three area you've got low rates you've got an, an earning season coming up uh that's going to start in about maybe a couple about weeks a couple weeks or so that is expected to be as good as an earning season that we have seen in decades if not longer so there's a lot of good stuff to look at as well and, and that's kind of the interesting part of the market right now is you've got a really healthy economy 
You talk about jobs. You talk about GDP. You talk about a growing economy. You talk about earnings. And then you've got this fear of the unknown. And I think that that's what's driving the markets is because we don't know what China is going to do in retaliation to the tariff news. We don't know what the Fed might do next in terms of three raises or four raises. So you have those kind of you, you got those two things going on, and it's really interesting to see the battle between the buyers and the sellers in the market because there's a lot of people who believe, as we do, that the economy's strong, that things are going well, and then you just have you know just you know you go into Fridays for instance, and people don't want to own stocks over the weekend because you don't know what's going to sure. happen geopolitically and, so and around the world. So Thursday, Friday was a number of factors, and not, not just the, the the potential trade war because. That seemed to be how it was portrayed. And we'll talk more about that, Dave, I think, in the next segment. But this Facebook thing is a big deal because you look at it and say, what's Facebook's purpose? Their their purpose in making money is selling advertising, selling data to advertisers. And, and it's the same thing as Google, the same thing as Amazon. And you talk about uh, privacy issues and how do these companies make money going forward if they're on the one side of the coin trying to protect their users' privacy and on the other side of the coin trying to sell advertising. Did you see that Elon Musk uh, actually deleted the, te- I think it was Tesla and SpaceX uh, Facebook accounts no, and was he? public about it? Mm. That's interesting. All yep. right. Yep. A lot of show. And if you want to join us, we're at 414-799-1620. Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We already have a text question, and we will pick that up between now and the end of the show. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management, 620 WTMJ. Money tips that don't cost a thing. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Saturday, March 24th, Money Talk rolls on uh, 33 degrees at WTMJ. My name's Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald is here. So is Dave Spano, still to come on the show, the Facebook fallout. We're going to talk about tariffs and or trade wars. What's going on with that? It is going to be an action-packed show. One of the things we like to do on the show is really be a resource. We want you to be educated. We want you to know know the difference for sure. And uh, that's why Ask Annex, I think, is an excellent thing. And I was actually on the website and wanted to put a question in myself. But we also do that on the phone on on the show, and people can call like John and Brown Deer. Good morning, John. Good morning. Uh, the question I have: My wife and I have approximately a million dollars between two Roth accounts and two four hundred one k plans. What I'm questioning is how many funds are too much or too little for diversification between you know various funds or bond funds. Yeah, great question. So there is, let's start with the idea of diversification. The reason why folks do that, obviously, is to manage some of the risk. It's a risk management tool. It is, it's time-tested. It has worked. But there is a situation where you can have over-diversification. And there's a number of ways that you can look at that. And the first way to see if you have over-diversification is to do what we call an X-ray is to take a look at all of the stuff that you have across uh, you know, the buckets of money that you have. You have a Roth and a 401K and a retail account. Look at all, all, all of those accounts and do an X-ray. And when you go through that, you may be surprised exactly what you own. You may own two different growth funds by two different brands, one, one Fidelity, one Vanguard, one American Funds, one, one Templeton, whatever it's going to be. But those managers may own the same names, and it is a concern. And so you look at that and say, first of all, what do I own? And that's what we talk about a lot on the show. What do you own and why do you own it? And so once you go through that x-ray, you can say, what is underneath the hood of every one of those? And then go back and say, do I have too many? We had somebody come in from a from a brokerage firm, and they had something, I don't know, 250, 260 different individual stocks. Wow. Well, and, and that's interesting to have individual stocks 
but that's probably too many. There's there's a, a study that goes back uh, decades that says you can get a similar diversification with as little as 20 or 30. So y- there is a situation where you can have, John, you can have over-diversification. There's a number of signs. It would start, in my opinion, by doing an x-ray and understanding what you own. I agree with that, Dave, wholeheartedly. But the other thing about it is looking at, you know, funds versus other investment vehicles. You could look at ETFs, for instance. So you look at a fund and say, you know, in this space, large cap, U.S. domestic, why do I own a mutual fund? Why do I own two mutual funds in this space? Could I look at an ETF and lower my overall cost in my portfolio within my Roth or within the 401k? So if you have a mutual fund that's a large cap mutual fund in the 401k and you have a mutual fund, you're paying two money managers for exposure to the same asset class you could look at maybe going to a lower-cost ETF, get the same kind of exposure. But the other part of that, Dave, is you look at two large-cap money managers, they might have different names, right? I mean, you could look at it and say, what are your top 10 holdings? And there might be some names that you like better than other names. Well, that's, that's for sure. And But I, you have to go and, and uh, like I said, do these do the x-rays, x-rays. Yep. find out what you own, why they're in there. And the other thing, John, that I've seen, too, is people come in, and they have this asset allocation, at least they think it's an asset allocation, and inside of that are fund of funds. And there, that fund of funds, is that's what they're supposed to be doing. That fund of funds is supposed to go out and buy a large cap, small cap, international fixed income position, for example, and and diversify. And so it's sometimes it's too much, and you're you're beating the horse too much. Do you mind if I ask a second question? Sure, go ahead. second question would be within any um, group of funds, then, how do you determine how much money goes into which fund? Right, and that is what asset allocation is. So, for example, and we might be running out of time, and, and Danny, can we? Can we... we got one minute. Okay. Yep, we're good. So let's talk about a 60-40, for example. Your 60-40 split and my 60-40 split may be totally different. And so you look at it and say, what is in the 60% side or the equity side in, in this example? And you may have... Half of that in domestic stocks and half in international, and I may have 80% of that 60% in domestic stocks and only 20% in international. So you have to say, how is that asset allocation split up? And so that is really what an asset allocator, a person who you hire or you go out and get that information somewhere, how do they allocate those stocks across all positions, be it fixed income, asset uh, uh, equity positions, international? That is really where the secret sauce is. And right now, we can talk about how we are positioned, and I think there may be a difference. But this, I think you're a perfect example, John, of a person who has to go through a portfolio review, find out what you own, and pair that up with a risk tolerance situation mm-hmm. where you can say, how much do I have in there? How much can I expect to lose? Because this bucket of money, this million dollars, has got to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And, John, if you need some help, I know a guy, Annex Wealth Management. So head to AnnexWealth.com. They're uh, 262-786-6363. Again, that's your first place, AnnexWealth.com. Spreading the wealth every Saturday. Here's more Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. 1024 WTMJ. Money Talk is on the air for Saturday, March 24th. Uh, Mark, I saw Dave on the 724 drop, point drop Thursday. He wasn't looking at his phone. He wasn't wasn't sweating. He was just, you know, I guess when you've been doing it a while. huh? Well, not only that, I mean, you, you look at a lot of brokerage firms and people who sell product, right? I mean... The, their phones light up because they don't go through the education process. And it, it goes back to John's call and starting with, you know, 
uh, risk tolerance questionnaire, you know, is trying to make people comfortable with their portfolio from the onset, is some people just like hitting singles. I mean, you don't have to hit home runs every time up. It's the it's the Rob Deere theory, right? You don't strike out or hit it out of the park, right? But um, when you start with that asset allocation based on a risk tolerance, you got risk tolerance, asset allocation, asset selection. And when you do do those three steps, then when you see these volatility in the market, the ups and downs, you don't get so excited. And so we don't get too excited when the market moves 3% or 2% or something like it did this week. See, but in the old days, you got the stock table in the newspaper that you read the next day. Isn't that interesting? You got Money Magazine or Kiplinger's that would show up every, once a month. Now the news cycle is as fast as Twitter, and Twitter was freaking out on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. No, I wouldn't know because I don't. I'm, well, I'm you're probably smarter. But I will, but I think it's a really good point. The fact that the reason why I was calm was for two reasons. Number one, having done this for three decades, you've seen this, you've gone through this, and you you know what's on the other side. The second part of that is our clients are not brokerage clients, Mark, and I think you should explain that. Well, you know, brokerage clients. When you look at when you're sold a product, right, and and it's that product has to perform. And that's what you're doing. You're chasing performance. When you when you look at our clients, our clients are advisory clients. It's a relationship based on trying to get from where you are today to your goal, whatever that goal might be. And so we can look at it and say within our financial planning context, when people come in, and it might be that they only need to take enough risk to get 6% or 5% or 4%, why would you expose yourself to the volatility of the market of a product, of a brokerage sale, of now buy this stock, now buy that stock at another commission. Now i got to re-earn that commission back to make sure that the stock goes up to cover the cost of the transaction. All that kind of stuff gets in the way. It's the noise of it. When you're just looking at it in a goal-based environment where you're trying to get from point A to goal B, whatever that is, you can look at it and say, as long as over the long term I'm earning X percent in my portfolio, then I'm on track towards my goal. We stop along the way. We say, how are we doing? How are we doing now? How are we doing now? And if you have those check-ins as you go, you're going to ultimately get to that goal. Why do they ask that question three times in a row? <laughs> I'm, I'm simulating three different meetings. Oh, coming. three different yeah. meetings. Yeah. Oh, that was like a one-act play. That was, was fantastic. Echo in here. <laughs> so my, my point is you know, when, when people have relationship with a brokerage account, Mark, and they say, all right, now I want to do a transaction or I want to do a trade. Don't they have to pick up the phone and call Mrs. Kuskovavitz and say, there has to be a transaction. I need your approval to do this, and that is not how we custody the assets. That, that's, that's a great distinction because when we think it's in the client's best interest to buy, sell, or rebalance, we've been given the right by our clients the power to go ahead and do that. When you're in a situation where you're a broker, most of those brokers almost invariably are non-discretionary brokerage relationships. And so they do, they have to, their membership agreement with the regulator says that before we place a transaction in your account, we're going to call you and discuss this transaction with you. When the market's moving the way that the market's been moving the last couple of months, it's really difficult, Danny, if you're out on a boat someplace in Lake Michigan, you know, fishing, we're going to try to get a hold of you before we change your portfolio. I mean, it's really inefficient. It's a difficult way to have a relationship because of the fact that you're off living your life. You've entrusted an advisor, a fiduciary, to take care of where you're trying to go from a goal standpoint. And having to do that and then charge you a commission to do it, Dave, 
it can be disruptive. Well, I don't know why you got to pick on fishing all the time, but if you're a doctor, <laughs> right, or, or or you're saving lives, you're a lawyer, you're in a, you're in a court, you're in a court, right? right? Or you're, a cop in a cop car or what, something, right? I mean, exactly it's, it's all really these things. Difficult. You are doing the things that you've been hired. You're living to do. life. You're living your life. You're you're spending time with your grandchildren, whatever it is, and you've entrusted and hired someone to act in your best interest. And that's the piece, that's the piece of it. At the end of the day, is when when we bring on a new client. It's in a written agreement that we say, we're going to be a fiduciary to you, and these are the things we're going to do in this relationship. And it's powerful because it's it's not a contract in as much as you're bound by something. It's an agreement between the parties that say, this is how we're going to act. This is how we're going to trust e- uh, tr- treat each other and trust each other in this relationship. And by turning that over, by saying it's goal-based and we all want to get to the same goal, if we have that commonality, if we sit on the same side of the table, if I don't have to sell you product to get you to the next spot, that's a better relationship. It's a sounder relationship. How many pages is that? The the agreement itself yeah. is probably about ten pages. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's not. It's this not. Is, it's this not, is a, not the omnibus. No, it's not a four hundred and seventy five <laughs> right. page prospectus. It, it's reasonable and it's straightforward. Yeah, it's very straightforward. I've seen it. All right. Bottom of the hour. There's uh, still more to go. We're going to talk about Facebook. Even if you don't have a Facebook account, why does this matter? The tariffs, uh, the trade wars. Got to talk about that as well, and a whole bunch more. And we're going to tell you tell you about, especially for our Appleton listeners. There is a seminar coming up next week that you'll want to go to. All right. Bottom of the hour. Let's get caught up. WTMJ breaking news center here's tony betta never get less than your money's worth this is money talk with dave spano and mark oswald on wtmj it is money talk it is saturday it is march 24th 24th that's right it's um you know we talked about the seminar for the folks up in appleton it's called retirement roadmap happens on thursday um you know i should have checked to see if there were uh, still a I think there's a couple of spots okay, on that one. There's a couple of spots. Now, you've had an Appleton branch for a while now, and you've got a lot of customers up there. You do not have to be a, uh, a client of Annex to do this. It's a great idea. It's, what, 90 minutes? It's not yeah. it, It's not a sell job. It's and it's just, not 90 minutes of talking at you. Yeah. It's 90 minutes total runtime, which is questions and answers, which a lot of it becomes questions because that's why we're doing it in the first place. We keep these things small intentionally so that people feel comfortable to raise their hand because, again, you know, if you've got a question, there's a pretty good chance that the person sent next to you has the same question. And and so, you know, Retirement Roadmap, we're going to do these for the next couple of months. March is going to be in Appleton. I think uh, April is in Mequon, and May is in Lake Country. If you go to our website, you can get the exact dates and times on that. But if you're a couple years away or you're starting to get to that point where you have to make some of those forever decisions, what am I going to do with my pension? When are we taking Social Security? When is my spouse taking Social Security? What about our health care costs for the next bridge years if we're if we're retiring early how are we going to handle long-term care if that becomes an issue all of those are, are conversations that are worthy of spending some time on it so if you've not done that so far or you're interested in it go to our website at annexwealth.com slash events just hit that events tab get yourself signed up space is limited it's free and we'd welcome you to come and join us okay one of the big stories of this week was this fallout over facebook and basically in a nutshell it was it was basically gleaning data from their customer base and selling it. I mean, that, that's what they do, though, right? This is well, they're an advertising platform. Okay, now you you know a whole lot more about this than I do. I don't have a Twitter account and I don't have a Facebook account. Okay, but it's my understanding that this is is prevalent. Yeah, it's not just Facebook, right? And it's not the first time this happened. Correct. I remember 
when President Obama was running in you know ten years ago, that there was a big deal about how he was on the internet and he was getting his message across. And the team was really good at it. And they, they had a great team, yeah, and he, yeah. they were proud of it. So I, I'm really not sure. Was this illegal you know, that that this happened? Well, I'm not really sure. Here's the thing: you you when you sign up for Facebook or any app, look, think of any app that you download on your phone. You either have to say yes, I'll accept the conditions, or you don't get it. Right. Right. Same thing with Facebook. And so what was happening was is being sold to political organizations where we, you know, we're being influenced, where we're showing ads, whatever. So anyway, here's the big thing. What is the impact for Facebook? And I know that they had a, sl- a sl- big kind of a rough week. They've got 2.1, 2.2 billion, billion users. So how, everybody- how, many, how, many, how many people did they lose out of that? Well, here's the thing, 200,000, and if there's this big hue and cry that they're going to lose every, because there was a hashtag this week called Delete Facebook, and I considered it, but you know what? It's the only way that I have to keep up with my high school and my college roommates and, and you know, anybody, so I'm not going to, and I understand that there's a give and take. So what is the impact for Facebook, though? So what's the big deal if they've only lost 200,000 out of 2.2 billion? Well, interestingly, what I saw was a lot of people who were the anti-Facebook people were moving to Instagram, right? And Instagram is owned by yeah, Facebook. Right, right. So, you know, how are you getting, getting away from this? But from an investor standpoint, let's talk about it, Dave, from that perspective. So the fear would be regulation, that you'd have regulation come in on these companies and that makes it less attractive for an advertiser to put, you know, to, to use a Facebook. And if that's the case, then it's potential that the Facebook has less revenue and that would have affected stock price. I think that's the fear. So I'm Procter and Gamble and I decide that it's too risky and I'm just not going to, right? Exactly. And, right. and that's and that that's the fallout. Yeah. The fallout is those who advertise on Facebook because they realize it's an opportunity to get their message across now are going to stop doing that. And that that's the key. The key is that the advertising money won't be there because they were offended by what happened. But what was what was before MySpace? That, that was <laughs> right. going yes. back to MySpace. Right, right. So what is... What's the possibility, or what's the smart money? Is this is this going to happen, or would people stop? Would Procter and Gamble stop right away? Well, I mean that that Why would is they? some of the conversation, yeah. and you know, I think it was the Wall Street earlier or later this past week had talked about there are some companies who are considering pulling their advertising, but we'll see. The platform, as you said, is going to reach two point one billion people. That is a whole lot more than the local newspaper. It right? is, and so I mean, is that still the method to get? Your message across probably will there be some competition maybe, but both uh, Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO, came out and he kind of sort of apologized, but then uh, the COO um, starts with S. Oh, Cheryl Sandberg. Cheryl Sandberg. Yeah, she came out and she apologized over and over and over again. So I think that's one of the when you have a crisis, that's one of the things that you, that you do is you go out and say, "We understand what we did. We won't do it again. We're sorry," and and maybe the bleeding stops. But okay. it certainly took down. A lot of the other FANG stocks, so in the FANG stocks, that are famously called uh, by by Kramer, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. Okay. Right? And so that certainly was, it took a bunch of those stocks down. And the conversation then began, what about tech stocks in general? And are there going to be some pullback? And there was a conversation of that. But at the same time, what are the top two companies in the world? <laughs> Apple, Amazon, and Google. There you go. All right, back in a bit. We're going to talk about tariffs. We're going to talk about trade wars. It's a bunch. There's, and then we also have a text question as well. So tariffs, trade wars, and text questions. Accident Mortgage Talk and text line 414-799-1620. It's Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management. Hey, and we got to celebrate an anniversary. It's on the way on WTMJ. 
Time is money. Make the most of yours with Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Saturday, March 24th, 2018. What were you doing 13 years ago this weekend or this week? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, would we, it be a good idea if we did a radio show? Could we yeah, meet girls? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, spend every Saturday talking about money for the next 13 years. No, yeah. it, it's been great. Um, we are now entering our 13th year. It's hard to believe. When I think back at it, you know, uh, my daughter, who's now at Marquette, was in second grade when we started this show and started doing the show, and it's been great. We've met so many wonderful people along the way, you know, WTMJ listeners that have now chosen to entrust us with their financial futures and and hopefully getting to their goals and dreams and uh this this show's just been a good time and and WTMJ has been a fantastic host um and great radio partner over the years and you know, we're just tickled that we we continue to get to do this every week and uh and a happy anniversary I guess you know I, I, you know you should you should be buying me a gift it's our anniversary yeah, something like that. I mean you said it you were tickled yeah what is the 13th 10? No, I don't know. You know, it was funny because, you know, as just a regular consumer, I remember hearing the show and I knew you, I thought you guys were well placed within the organization. But as the years went by, I'm like, are these, these guys are still doing that show? They're still coming in and doing the show. It, t- it would take a team of wild horses to get Oswald out of the yeah, studio, right. just so you yeah. know. Well, congratulations. But it's been great, Paul. So it's been, it's been helpful. And, in, in, you know, f- thankfully, uh, Mark's. Show prep is from the time that he gets to the parking lot to the time he gets to the door and says, "What do you want to talk about?" So it's great. Yeah, it's been it's been. So it's you been a keep conversation. It, you got to keep well, it fluid. I, I said, you got to keep it fresh. I sent Dave something last night. It was like I just ca- called. It was called show prep, and it was like the f- the top five whiskey tumblers or something like right. that. So yeah. I don't know if you yeah. incorporated that. All right, so that's our first. I, I, I didn't. Yeah, but you know, I do want to say this is that about that is you know when we started this, you know, obviously we had a show somewhere else uh, prior to this, and that's really why we got invited. Uh, to do this show after there was a change of hosts uh, a number of years ago. But we started off, and it's difficult to to have this conversation and just think that you're listening, you know, 40,000 people are listening. But when Mark is over here and his head is shaking up and down, and I agree with that, it makes it easier to have this conversation when you're talking to somebody. He's steady Eddie. Yep. Yeah, there you go. All right, so let's see. That's our first T, our second T. Let's see. Let's take this text question, guys, and I know it's a little bit not complex, but what's your opinion regarding retirement pension? Is it best to take a lump sum or monthly payment? So there's an Ask Annex question. Yeah, and if you've got a question, you can go to AnnexWealth.com slash ask and post it, and our mailbag is getting fuller, more and more full every week. I guess that's the way to proper English in there. But, you know, this really turns on an issue of if you could tell me how long you're going to live, I could tell you the answer to that question 100% of the time. So the question becomes... That's supposed to be humor, by the way. The the question becomes, do you take a lump sum and control the asset and open yourself up to all of the investment options that are out there and potentially lower your cost? Or do you take the chance, maybe with a reduced benefit, that they're going to pay you for the rest of your life and then for perhaps your, your spouse's, the rest of their life? So that's kind of the gamble in it, you know. Well, it's the gamble is you, there's there's a calculation involved. So let's there's, just there's a break even point. Yeah. So let's just take for example, let's take five hundred thousand dollars. The guy has that either he can leave it in the pension and take a stream of payments, or he can roll it over and invest the money. And so you the 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 actuarials have put a number on that. So let's just assume that they have figured out that it's six percent that they're going to have that as their return, their actual return within the the uh, pension, and then they're going to pay out $30,000 a year for 
so many years, right? right? Or you can take that $500,000 and roll it over and put it in a bucket of money and perhaps make more than 6%. And the good news out of that, and a lot of times this is where people struggle, is if you don't spend that money because you have Social Security or whatever else, you have that asset at the end of your lifetime where you won't if you say, all right, I'm going to leave it in the pension and take this stream of payments. That is the big question. Well, and you get to the sustain, you know, the sustainable withdrawal rate. We've talked about that. Is if you could take that five hundred and only take off, you know, if you were earning six percent, and you're looking at the internal rate of return calculation is what you've got to calculate. And our central planning people do that with people who have this dilemma of take the lump sum or take the payments. If you get to that internal rate of return calculation, if you would take that five hundred grand as a sustainable withdrawal rate of four percent, and guarantee yourself that the five hundred is going to be there at some point in time for an heir or for a charity, then it makes the decision a little easier. Well, and and people want to have control. I've seen that over the years. We've done the math, and we've shown them that perhaps this 6% in in this made-up example is a pretty good return over time. And people say, all right, but I don't want to have the risk that whomever, ABC company, goes out of business, and then this is their asset and not my asset. That's a great point. So that's the you know the pension guarantee fund in the state of Wisconsin. That's one thing to think about. But for most people, taking control, lowering your cost, opening yourself up to other other investment opportunities, and hopefully having assets left at the end of the day that you pass on to heirs or leave for a a, a widow or widower. That that's probably the way to go for a lot of people. Okay, that is Ask Annex, and that one came from our uh, text question. You can also again get to us via the website at annexwealth.com. It is Money Talk. Get professional help with your portfolio. This is Money Talk with Dave Spano and Mark Oswald on WTMJ. Money Talk for Saturday, March 24th. My name is Danny Clayton. There's uh, Mark Oswald and Dave Spano is here. Now, If from where I was looking and, and watching coverage, it sure seemed like the, uh, two point, er, the two-day drop in the Dow was triggered by the tariffs it was the and most notable. That was the most notable thing. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, I mean, there were, like I said, there was a number of reasons why this happened. That was the most notable reason. And for for the listeners who are, are watching and listening to this, is there was an executive memorandum that came out that Trump signed that said they're going to put a tariff on somewhere between fifty and sixty billion dollars of Chinese goods. And obviously, the, the market didn't like that because they said that's the first that's the first step towards a trade war, which is not a good thing, right? So the Chinese came back and said, "Well, they're gonna they're gonna set it on three billion dollars of U.S. goods in 128 categories right. or something yeah, like right. that." Right, and yeah. they were very yeah. specific on yeah. what it was. I thought that was interesting because they were ready for it. Then they came back and they said, "All right, this is what we're going to do it on." Now, what is the background and why is this happening? I know there was a lot of conversation about steel. In aluminum, but is that really the issue? Because, uh, you know, what is that as a percentage of exports and imports? Or is it the concern that we've heard over and over again is that it is on intellectual property? And explain that because to do business in China, you got to give it up. That's right. So, I mean, if you're Apple and you want to introduce an iPhone into the Chinese market, you've got to give away the, the secret sauce, you've got to tell them what the technology is. And then you've got a competitor in China who takes that technology and perhaps knocks off your phone and sells something that's very similar, so you're at a competitive disadvantage. And I think that's what they're doing. I think that's what Chevy did. And and Chevy, isn't there... There's a Chinese there is. auto company called Cherry or something. Right. I mean, yes, it's everything sir. but the and, and it's it's a, it's a knockoff. But it is not just 
Apple phones and cars. Okay, Boeing had their F thirty five copied. All right, so this is this is for real. So they they, they have the they, Chinese. Did, did Boeing give up the IP to yeah, China? They figured it out. And wow, what's they the, reverse what's the engineered thirty nine okay, yeah. thirty five right. or whatever. And so this is happening. And so does this get us both to the Chinese and the United States to a table to have an agreement? that they'll stop doing that, and then maybe this all goes away. Because you saw when it was aluminum and steel, the rest of the world freaked out, Europe and Canada and Mexico. Well, then all, all of a sudden Canada and Mexico were taken off of that list because this was an opening salvo for NAFTA, right? So all of these things are very interesting. So, so this, this, is about, this is about IP okay. mostly okay. with the Chinese. All right. And so we'll see if, if they can get to it. And, and it, it may also be a lever to talk to the North Koreans as well. So, it, you know, the, it, he may look, you know, to some people like he doesn't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. This may be, you know, an opportunity to, to do a lot of things, including talk about Chinese IP, talk about NAFTA, and talk about uh, the North Koreans. Well, certainly you talk about monetary policy. We talk about that a lot on the show. And certainly what the Fed did this week is in that realm of monetary policy. But the other side of it is fiscal policy. And you're looking at fiscal policy. We haven't yet seen what the tax cuts are going to do for earnings. It'll be interesting to see in April, May, and June what the tax cuts did for corporate profits and what that is going to do for personal income as we continue to get to full employment and then wage inflation. So fiscal policy, that's what we're seeing now with whether it's trade and balance or whether it's the fairness of trade policies amongst countries. So it'll be interesting to see what investors do about this. We're certainly keenly aware of what's going on. We take it into our investment committee every week and helps drive our decisions into where we put our client money. But the one thing I do want to remind Danny and our our listeners is, if you remember, we talked a lot throughout 2017 about the lack of volatility, and it was historic through 2017. The biggest drawdown or pullback was about 3%, and that is abnormal. And here we are. You, In fact, if you go and look at the chart, 2017, the movements are very small. 2018, particularly from the end of January, the movements have jumped substantially. And so volatility is back. We said that was going to happen. You took it. You brought it out of the cupboard. I mean, you dusted it off because that word, all of a sudden, we started hearing that more from you. Right. And yeah, so I, yeah. I think that's back. But, again, I'd like to, to end the show on, on f- folks focusing on a lot of things. Number one, yes, the Fed raised rates, but it's still an econom- a very accommodative stance. The Fed is, is, in fact, their projections for 2018, 19, and 20 are still modest. Inflation about 2% over the next number of years. The economy is strong. Unemployment is here in, in Wisconsin, you saw, it was just got to 2.9%. And in the nation, we're going to have a three-handle. Unemployment is low. Earnings are excellent. We may have 10% to as high as 17% earnings growth in next quarter. It might be the best earnings quarter that we have seen in decades. And so, yes, there are negatives. There's things to be concerned about, but there's a lot of positives. And I would say volatility is back. Make sure your plan is on place. Make sure you know what you own and why you own it and how it fits into your plan. There you go. Dave Spano, congrats on 13 years, and best best to you guys, Mark you. Oswald as well. Um, and again, you can consume Annex Wealth Management in a number of different ways. This show, for sure. Also, check out the YouTube channel. It's uh, got a lot of really good content. It's easy. It's very digestible. Sign up for Axiom, which is the Annex Wealth Management's weekly newsletter. You can do that at AnnexWealth.com. Advice and opinions expressed during Money Talk are solely that of the hosts or guests of Annex Wealth Management, and not 
not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.